Welcome to the podcast. This week we have corrections, submissions, bald heads, Earth Kingdom domination. This is Coach Snow's Corner. Welcome to episode two of Coach Snow's Corner. Um, Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a special thanks to Sophie Snow for that lovely introduction. Um, Hopefully one of these days we can have her on here as a guest, even though she knows next to nothing about cage fighting, but that's okay. Um, In terms of not knowing anything about cage fighting, I do have my first correction this week. On the last episode, my uh, first episode of Hall of Fame, um, I mentioned about where Holly Holm trains, and I said Arizona I meant New Mexico, uh, and I think that I knew that when I said it, but all those states out there are just desert anyway, so it's easy to get them mixed up. But anyway, I'm big enough to know when I made a mistake, and I meant New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico, not Arizona, so there's that. Um, So just time for a quick recap of the weekend in mixed martial arts, and before I get to... UFC Fight Island, I did want to bring up that uh, Chris Cyborg won her fight on Friday night by rear naked choke submission, making it the first submission victory of her entire career. Um, For someone with a long and storied career like Cyborg, it's kind of shocking that she's never won a single fight by submission, but if you've ever seen the woman fight, then it's not um, terribly surprising, but hats off to her. Um, Great way to defend her belt and get that submission victory. And I'm looking forward to what we've got next. So um, now we will get into UFC Fight Island. Um, Heading into the event this weekend, um, big shout out to my boy T-City, Brian Ortega. We'll talk a little bit more about the actual fight itself here in just a little bit. But um, I don't know if anyone caught it, but literally right before weigh-ins, um, Brian shaved his head and donated his hair to Locks of Love, um, for children with cancer, and if you don't like that, then I feel bad for who you are as a person, uh, but T-City, welcome to the Bald Head Club. Speaking of Bald Head Club, and on a side note, I can't be the only person that thinks that Joe Martinez, the ring announcer, looks exactly like Anton LaVey, and, um, if you don't know who that is, go look it up. But yeah, Joe Martinez, definitely the second coming. So um, just want to get into the fights a little bit here. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, insane, crazy first round knockout. Uh, one of the more brutal looking knockouts that I've seen in a little while. Um, just very fast knockout over Striegel. Um Super impressed with this guy. I mean, honestly, any of these guys that are coming out of Russia and Dagestan right now are just, they're next level. And uh, I think that a lot of this next generation of mixed martial arts that we're seeing is going to just continue to be dominated by these guys because I don't know if they're all over there wrestling bears, but it's it's impressive. Uh, I'm impressed with pretty much all of them. Um after that, I uh, definitely want to talk about Jessica Andrade. Um, I mean, what do you say? I mean, this girl is 
the she's the first woman to have secured victories at all three uh, female weight classes in the UFC. So bantamweight, strawweight, and now at flyweight. Um, I think that her power and size translate really well at 125. I'm not sure that her height and stature are going to be super great because you could see it in this fight. Um, there was a huge uh, difference just in overall size. And um, it worked out well in her favor. But, you know, I wonder about some of the other fighters in this weight class. I mean, I think of like Megan Anderson, for instance, um, you know, and if, you know, if like a Mackenzie Dern steps up to 125, uh, which I think is the move for her anyway. But, you know, I, I wonder what those fights are going to look like. Um, but Andrade just dominated the fight. Uh, she landed a couple of slams and then actually won the fight by TKO because of body shots, which is... Something that you don't see very often, but you uh, very rarely see it, I feel like, in women's MMA. But that's how hard she was throwing hooks to the body. Um, she just really crushed uh, Chukagan. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what she looks like at 125. So this was a good um, debut fight for her at this weight class. I'm, you know, excited to see what else she does. I would say that my knockout of the night definitely goes to Jimmy Crute. Uh, over uh, Bukoskis, I'm guessing. I'm sure I butchered his name. Um, absolutely insane, dominant knockout. Uh, one of the, uh, it's it's not. Yeah, I wouldn't call it knockout of the year, but I definitely would call it knockout of the night. Um, just intense. Um, hit him with a couple of shots, rocked him, and then shoved him against the cage and continued to land shots and uh, was just intense. Now, with that being said, not only was it knockout of the night and was it total domination, but this guy also has an Earth Kingdom tattoo on his chest, and so just uh, representing my Earth Kingdom out there, good for you, buddy. So, and uh, if you don't get that reference, then I'm very sorry, but the last Stylebender would be very disappointed in you. So, and then on to... The main event of the night, um, Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. If you listen to my episode last week, um, I am very happy to uh, eat some crow this week. I really thought that TKZ was just going to smash him, especially after what we saw from Ortega's last fight, which, by the way, was two years ago. Um, this is the first time we've seen him back, and... In the time that he's been away, he's had a couple of surgeries and has changed up some of his training partners, and boy, did it show. Um, I This was like watching Ortega version 2.0, for sure. Um, much different than in the past. His striking was a much tighter, much sharper, uh, very technical, um, was landing just, I mean, he landed, I want to say, a spinning elbow um, or a spinning back fist. I can't exactly remember. I want to say it was a spinning elbow. Um, but just all of his shots were insane. Uh, just very clean, very crisp, um, dominant from the beginning to the end, for sure. Um, 
you know, it was it was very impressive having seen this side of Ortega, especially after, like I said, the last time we saw him was over two years ago, and and that fight, I mean, he he looked just like a different fighter tonight, and not just because he's a part of the uh, swim team with me now, but you know, it was it was really like seeing a new version of him, and I am super super excited to see where he goes from here because if he continues fighting the way he did to, in this fight uh there's there's no way that this guy's not a champion someday so i'm uh i'm sure that volkanovsky was was watching this fight and if i was him i mean honestly i would be concerned because the Korean zombie is is known for just absolute smashing people, and I talked about this last week, and that's why I was so concerned going into this fight because after what I saw of Ortega in his last fight, I was very concerned that he was going to go in there and just get and get annihilated because you know again I mean Max Holloway is a great fighter, but he's not a one punch knockout guy. He's a volume fighter, and he was landing so many shots against Ortega. And none of them were able to really put him away, but TKZ doesn't fight that way. TKZ, you know, he throws big, heavy hands. And so the fact that Ortega took all those shots against Holloway, I just didn't think he was going to be able to take those the same kind of shots because the Korean zombie just throws so much harder and so much heavier. But I was completely wrong, and... uh very happy that I was wrong, you know. I talked I talked about it last week. I absolutely love Brian Ortega. I love his energy. I love his attitude. I love what he brings to the fight game. And uh, so seeing how much more he's improved and, and how much more he's matured over the last couple of years, it was it was be- it was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, it's one of the few fights that's gone, you know, a full five rounds that I was on the edge of my seat for the whole fight because it was just that entertaining and just that exciting. So, um, and, you know, and I mentioned last week that one of my favorite things about this sport is the sportsmanship and what you get um, after a fight. And seeing that in this fight, how well, um, just the just the show of respect that Ortega had for the Korean Zombie and likewise, and, um, you know, after seeing this kind of almost a rivalry brewing, uh, seeing it get put to bed in such a one-sided, dominant fashion from, again, one of my favorite fighters, uh, it was it was a beautiful thing to watch. So, um, yeah, this past weekend, um, if you have ESPN+, Plus, the entire fight card is available on there. Um, definitely recommend going back and checking out a couple of these fights. And, um, yeah, so... That's it for the recap of the week. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, headlines. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to get into a couple of headlines today. Um, really, it's just a few headlines that are that are kind of over one uh, topic, and um that topic is obviously something that we're going to talk about a little bit later when we get into predictions. But, um, you know, recently uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov sat down uh, for this interview and a couple of things that came out of this interview were really what I want to touch on. Um, 
First is the idea that could be floated that um, he's thinking about retiring. I mean, that, that talk has been around for a little while. Um, they asked him about it, and he was saying that, you know, maybe at 30-0 and 0, uh, he'd like to retire, and that he's getting close to it. He's 28-0 right now. And uh, his idea that he will finish Justin Gagey and then beat one more person and then might retire. Said it sounds good. Um, we'll see. I don't know that I see that happening. But I could be 100% wrong. So the biggest thing um, that I really want to kind of spend some time talking about on this topic in particular is just the mindset that Habib has after his defeat of Conor McGregor. Now, I am admittedly a Conor McGregor fan. I'm also a Nurmagomedov Madoff fan. I'm a fan of fighting in general. I don't have just one team or anything of that nature. Um, I think that that fight was... It went exactly how, you know, if, you, if you'd asked me two years ago before that fight, the fight went exactly how I said it was going to go. Um, that Habib Nurmagomedov is just an unbelievable grappler, and I think that he is one of the greatest fighters on the planet. He's undefeated for a reason. He's beaten the people that he has beaten, and he has beaten them in the way that he has beaten them for a reason. And um, to deny that or to look at it any other way is just crazy. I mean, you would have to absolutely be deluding yourself to think anything different. Um, he is just a next-level fighter, and um, and it shows in every fight that he's been in. So, you know, the fight with Connor was, you know, he's using it, I feel like, as the answer to a lot of questions about him and his and how he approaches fights. And, you know, Conor McGregor is kind of seen as, like, this just kind of phenom when it comes to striking, and it's because Conor McGregor has such crisp, precise striking. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's also wrong to pretend that Conor McGregor is the best striker that's ever been in the UFC, because he's just not. I mean, he's great. He really is, and I don't have anything to say about him there. But with that being said... You look at the fights that he's lost, every fight that he's lost has been by submission. You know, nobody's ever, like, knocked him out or anything. So, to me, that really goes to show you that that is a hole in his game. And so you put him up against somebody like Khabib Nurmagomedov, who is known for that grappling prowess, and, you know, Khabib takes him down and, you know gets a neck crank on him and submits him, that is not, uh, that's not shocking to me. That's not surprising. And I think that if, you know, anytime that Connor fights somebody who that is their style, we're going to see something similar. Um, what is frustrating to me about this entire situation, the most frustrating thing, is when you look at how Khabib lives his life, it's very simple. Um, it's very practical, and especially since losing his dad a little bit earlier this year, um, that is going to continue to be so. You know, he's not out in the cars or on yachts or doing the things that 
that someone like a Conor McGregor is doing. So to him, and he said this in the interview, is he wants to fight people. I mean, obviously, he's going to look for the big money fights, but he also wants to compete against the best that is out there. And to him, you know, he finished Conor McGregor, which a lot of people were saying was, you know, like the best in the world. And he beat him fairly easily. And so, you know, then he went and he fought Dustin Poirier. And again, didn't hardly break a sweat. Made it look very easy. So I think that this next fight um, against Justin Gagey is really going to be kind of more of the same. And I'll get into that when I get into predictions. But, you know, this... This idea that Khabib is showing that he doesn't really... It's almost like he doesn't have a direction about where he wants to go. And that's going to make it very difficult because there are a lot of fights out there that are interesting. And I think that obviously the big money fight and the fight that people would like to see is the rematch between him and um, Connor. But he is saying that he is not going to fight Connor again. That he's done. That, that he proved it and that's it and he has nothing left to prove and while I kind of agree with him um I think that the UFC has gone out of its way in a lot of situations to make the fights that people would like to see and this is the fight that I think a lot of people would like to see but I just don't see this fight happening um which is kind of a shame but it is what it is um you know, a lot of these headlines from Khabib in this interview, you know, he made a lot of very, like, introspective comments about, you know, how none of us know how long we're going to live and how, like, how much money do you really need to be happy and, like, have a, you know, comfortable life for however long that you've got left. And I think those are all very valid points that he made. Um, so I do like that his mindset right now is he wants to he wants to focus on this fight with Gagey, uh, which I think is smart. And then I think he wants to um, look at who is a nice big challenge. Because at this point, if he wins this fight, he's going to be 29-0. And then if he does really want to retire at 30-0, I mean, his last fight's got to be, you know, it's got to be a huge fight. And if he's already saying that it's not going to be Connor, then who's it going to be? Like, who do we have left at 155 that presents a, not only like a serious challenge, but an entertaining fight to watch as well? So, um, there wasn't a whole lot of names being thrown around, and I think a lot of that is because we are just, you know, less than a week out now from the, um, his next title defense, and, you know, I'm going to get into that a little bit next when I get into predictions, but... Yeah, I think it's going to be, um, I think what we see next out of Khabib is something that I'm very excited for, and it's something that I think a lot more people should be excited for. So, yeah. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and uh, when we come back, we will wrap it up with predictions. And welcome back. 
Uh, we're going to get into predictions here. We have UFC 254, Khabib versus Gagey coming up this weekend. Uh, I am beyond excited for this fight card. There are some fights on here that, um, I mean, I'm just over the moon <laughs> excited to see these. So, um, as I always do going into a week like this where there's a huge fight card, I am definitely praying to the weight-cutting gods that uh, every fight on this comes to fruition. A um, couple of them that I want to touch on uh, very quickly. Uh, Stefan Struve versus Ty Tuivasa. Uh, huge heavyweight fight. And man, is this one going to be some bombs being thrown. I I think. Uh, Skyscraper is definitely uh, past his prime, I would say. I mean, this guy's had... 40 fights, 41 fights, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, Taito Avisa is not only younger, but I feel like um, just stronger, faster. Uh, I may get proved completely wrong, but um, if I had to you know, put stake on it today, I'm going to say Taito Avisa by knockout in this fight. I would say within two rounds. Um, one of the fights that I am beyond excited for on this on this card though is the rematch between um, Magomed Ankalov and Ion Kudaleba. Uh Holy crap! The first fight between these two uh, lasted 38 seconds, and unfortunately ended in what had to what has to be one of the worst stoppages I've ever seen in my time as a fan of mixed martial arts. Um, the first fight, go back and watch it. You can watch the entire thing. Um, like I said, it's 38 seconds long. It's a very short fight. Now, what was happening in this fight then, the reason why I talk about it being such a bad stoppage is because um, Uncle Lev was definitely throwing shots and landing shots. Uh, Laba was getting hit, but he was also playing possum a little bit. Uh, you can watch it, and the way that he is like wobbling kind of back and forth is he's pretending that he's really hurt and that he's um vulnerable with the idea that he would sucker the guy in and then hit him with a big right hand um he did this a couple of times and the referee stopped stepped in and stopped it and as soon as i mean he literally stopped it like while the guy was throwing still and as soon as he stopped it he just immediately was like what are you doing like i'm fine like what's going on and there was a lot of boos um, from the crowd. Obviously, I was booing at home. And um, so this is a fight that they said immediately, like, we, we need to run this back. Um, even Dana White said that it was a, a poor stoppage. You know, referees make mistakes. I mean, we're human. We all are. He saw him. He saw him getting hit. Saw him wobbling. I guess he thought he was actually really hurt. Um, I bet that Kudalaba doesn't do that in this fight. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I am... Very excited for this fight. Kudalaba is a... He's a character, man. Like, every weigh-in, he's, like, gets in the guy's... Like, the other guy's face and, like, screams at him. This fight in particular, even before the fight started, um, Kudalaba literally walked all the way across the cage and, like, got in the guy's face and it had to separate him before the fight even started. And then that happened, and it was just, like... You know, you do something like that before a fight, you expect the fight to be really good, and then it ends in such a horrible stoppage. Um, I feel like we 
just as a as a group of people, as fans, really got robbed in that fight. So I'm looking forward to seeing this rematch, and I'm hoping that uh, we get a, a different or at least better referee this time. Um, Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris, yet another big fight at heavyweight. Um, you know, I talked about it in the first episode of this podcast that right now at heavyweight, there's there's a lot of contenders, but I don't see anybody that's a huge, like, right at the forefront as far as deserving another title shot against um, Stipe. Um, at this point, you know, people that come to the forefront, I mean, I think Walt Harris is, is a good one. Um, I think Francis is probably still my number one pick for... Uh, the next title shot, um, Alistair Overeem is still showing a lot of skills at his age and, um, as long as he's been doing this. And, you know, I think that his first fight with Stipe, you know, obviously didn't go the way he wanted it to, but I mean, he's always improving. I mean, and I've been a fan of this guy for a decade and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that, I think that he's still got some miles left and, um, you know, he might be a good pick. But anyway, Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. I think that this is a fight that has big-time title picture implications behind it. Um, Alexander Volkov is a crazy, insane fighter. I mean, he's very tall. And he's very um, very fast for heavyweight. Very very good submission skills for, for heavyweight, too. Um, I mean, this guy has got some some squeeze that is really kind of scary uh, when you're looking at a heavyweight. I mean, this guy can, if this guy gets a hold of you and gets his arm around your neck, then you can forget it. I mean, that's it. So, um, but this guy also did get hit and knocked into another dimension by um, Derek Lewis some time ago and doesn't have maybe the best chin. And when you're fighting somebody like Walt Harris, that's it's not a not a good weakness to have. So, um, you know, if I had to, if, you know, if I'm picking in this fight, I'm gonna say Walt Harris by knockout. Um, I don't know, probably within three rounds. Ra- I mean, obviously within three rounds, I would probably almost say in the third round. We'll see. Now, the two fights that I'm the most excited about on this card that I want to spend a little extra time talking about co-main event. Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. Um, this fight has absolutely gargantuan middleweight title picture implications behind it. So, if Jared Cannonier wins this fight, we've already heard from Adesanya that he wants Cannonier to go in and win this fight. And, you know, just smash Robert Whitaker the same way that Izzy did. And then those guys are going to fight. And a Jared Cannonier and Israel Adesanya fight is absolutely a fight that I would love to see. I think a lot of people would. I think that if Jared Cannonier wins this fight, that that is definitely the fight to make um, at middleweight uh, without, without another thought in my mind. I think that's the fight that you make. With that being said, Robert Whitaker is still a very legitimate threat. I think that he is still a very great fighter. Um, 
You know, I mean, if you watch this guy's fights, I mean, he is a he's a he's a fantastic fighter. He just came up against Israel Adesanya, who is just next level. He's just he's beyond anything else that we've seen in this weight class and or any weight class for, for that matter. And um, you know, at at one eighty five, there's really just not anybody else that 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 even. I feel like poses a is it poses a threat to Izzy at this point. So I think that um, you know what I see happening is Jared Cannonier wins this fight. Um, I'm probably going to say by decision. I would like to see him finish him, but Robert Whitaker is hard to finish. I mean, we've seen him go uh, you know 50 minutes with Yoel Romero and survive. So I don't know. I think that. I think that I see Jared Cannon here taking this fight by decision um, and then going on to fight Izzy. And if Izzy wins that fight, I don't know what else he has left to prove at 185. At that point, um, I don't know if we see him make a permanent transition to 205 um, or at least a go up and, you know, be, be champ champ. But... I don't, um, I don't see anybody else in middleweight that poses a threat. And um, this Jared Cannonier fight, like I said, is I think has the biggest implications. Now, with that being said, you know Robert Whitaker could, you know, could very much go in there and prove me a hundred percent wrong. You know, Robert Whitaker may have lost his belt to Izzy, and this fight may be the fight where we see the old version of Robert Whitaker come back, and he may come back and just dominate this fight. And if that's what we see, I mean, it is very hard for me to not make an argument for him getting a rematch. So we we shall see. Uh, but I think that this fight has very huge implications for 185, and I am uh, beyond excited to see what shakes out of this one. Now, of course, got to talk about the main event, right? So Khabib Nurmagomedov who is the um, reigning defending champion against Justin Gagey, who is the interim champion. Um, this fight is not only a fight that a lot of people wanted to see for a very long time, it's also a fight that we didn't think we would ever get to see because, you know, we've tried to get a fight between Khabib and Tony Ferguson um, something like five times, and it's never worked out before. As a matter of fact... Um, Dana White was on record saying that after this fight, he'd like to try one more time. Um, and he knows that he's probably inviting like a meteor to strike the earth by doing it because apparently this fight is cursed, but I still want to see Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov. With that being said, the interim title fight was between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gagey. And a lot of people thought that Tony Ferguson was just going to go in there and just walk through Justin Gagey on his way to getting this fight with Khabib. And that is obviously not what happened. We saw a next-level Justin Gagey that I don't think any of us had seen before. Justin Gagey is, I'm going to just tell you, one of my favorite fighters and undisputedly one of the most exciting fighters to watch 
in the UFC right now. Um, you can go and you can watch literally any of his fights that he's had and be entertained. Um, this kid does not have one single ounce of concern for his own well-being. He has no self-preservation gene. He just goes in there and is a force of nature. And that is something that we just haven't seen someone be able to do against Khabib because he just stops them and he puts them on the ground and he beats them up. And, you know, um, Justin Gagey is not known for having, like, an incredible ground game. Um, he's known for his his very uh, intense, very fast-paced, very action-oriented style. So I think... Um, one of two things is going to happen in this fight. Either Justin Gage is going to go out there and he's going to move very fast and he's going to come at Khabib and he's going to finish him quick and he's going to finish him in the first round and become the new undisputed champion. Or he's not going to finish him in the first round and then Khabib is going to spend the next two to three rounds just beating him apart and because that's what he does right I mean I'm not trying to make it sound dramatic or anything that's what Khabib does I mean this this dude is I mean he's terrifying (laughs) I mean if he gets you on the ground and he starts going to work on you then you can forget it because that's that's it because this guy is just a ground and pound specialist his grappling and wrestling is unlike nothing that we've seen from almost anybody else in this sport. Um, nobody. I mean, nobody can take people down and impose his will on them the way that Khabib does. And we've seen that in literally every fight that he's had. And it is, um, and it's, and it's terrifying. So, you know, I think that Justin Gagey has, like, a very uh, legitimate chance, the same way I thought that Dustin Poirier did. I think that I think that Gagey has more of a chance. Um, I think that his, that his style is so unorthodox, and I don't think that Khabib has fought anybody that's going to come at him so quickly and so furiously the way that Gagey will. And because of that... Um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I think the first three to five minutes of this fight are going to definitely tell the tell of how the whole fight's going to go. You know, if Gagey is able to use his speed and um, sharpness and just aggression, then we might see Khabib in, in trouble in this fight. But we also saw Khabib take some of Connor's best shots and Connor is known as being this sharp, precise striker. And, you know, Khabib almost ripped his head off. So, you know, I guess we'll see, right? Um, it's it's hard for me to, to, to pick a side in this. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to say Khabib inside of four rounds, um, by either knockout or submission, I would probably say TKO. I think he's going to ground and pound him and finish him. So um, I'd love to see Gagey come out and, you know, show some holes in Khabib because I'm, I don't, uh, I don't really care for undefeated fighters. I think a lot of people don't. 
I think you you beat so many people on your way to the top, and eventually people want to see you lose. Um, I love Khabib. He's one of my favorite fighters. I think he's one of the most dominant champions that we've seen in all of mixed martial arts, but especially in UFC history. Um, and he's a, he's a, he's a scary guy. Um, I think he's a humble fighter, and and I you know I've got a lot of respect for what he does. Um, both in and out of the cage. But I'm also a huge fan of Justin Gagey. I think he's a super in- entertaining, and I think he's an exciting uh, fighter. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, like I said, my pick is, if I, if I had to stake money on it, I'm going to say Khabib inside of four rounds. So, Well, all right, guys, that's it for predictions, and that means that is it for uh, this episode of the podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed, um, you know, make sure to give it a follow. Um, we are still waiting on approval to show up on Apple podcast, but as soon as we are, I'll let you guys know. So you can hop on there and give me a quick review. Um, if you are listening to this from a link or, um, something that you found on like a Facebook or something like that, you know, give it a share, give it a like, um, let your friends know about it. Um, and, um, yeah, I look forward to, to doing more of these. Uh, hopefully I'll be back on here on Thursday for Coaches Hall of Fame. And um, yeah, until then, I'll see you guys next time.